This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Muslims living in the West are accustomed to the daily grind of misinformation, casual racism and accusations about our faith and position in society. The environment we find ourselves in after 9-11 has made it very difficult for our community to concurrently continue living an Islamic life and meeting the demands of our daily existence. This atmosphere has given rise to what can only be called a liberal inquisition, the constant reminder that we should be defensive about our faith and that what we believe in is somehow out of sync with modernity. I have argued before, through well-planned strategies, governments either side of the Atlantic have deliberately tightened the legal and acceptable framework by which we live out our lives, aimed at making us uncomfortable about our faith and who we are. As a result, many within our community, especially the young, have all too often opted to live a lifestyle and adhere to a set of values that would be at odds with the true essence of Islam. In this freebrow atmosphere, some have called for more radical action to affirm the faith of our families and community. If the next generation is to survive, maybe we need to more proactively build community institutions that nurture true conviction and assert more readily our priorities, free from the tedious scrutiny of wider society. This is where Muslims have engaged with the Benedict option of Rod Dreher. Dreher, an American Christian, argues that we now live in a post-Christian world, and if Christians want to preserve their faith, they will have to segregate themselves to some degree from liberal society. 
The Benedict option was named after the 6th century monk Benedict of Nursia, who after witnessing the depravity of the dying days of Rome, opted to flee the city to maintain his commitment to God. Dreyer argues, in the post-Christian world, for religiosity in any meaningful sense to survive, believers must take radical and purposeful action. To discuss the notion of a Muslim Benedict option, I've invited Ismail Royer, no stranger to the Islamic scene in the United States and a keen commentator on social affairs. Royer serves as a director at the Religious Freedom Institute, a Washington, D.C.-based non-profit organization. He converted to Islam in 1992 and has studied religious sciences with traditional Islamic scholars. I ask Ismail to engage with Dreyer's option about its plausibility and whether we can escape to the hills as a community, but also whether the Benedict option is fundamentally at odds with the message of Islam and our duty to carry the Islamic message. Brother Ismail Raya, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome to the Thinking Muslim podcast. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very uh, um, blessed and honored to be here with you today. Well, let's start by discussing the Benedict option and what it is. Um, I know you've engaged with this idea quite quite a lot, and I know you've spoken to Rod Dreyer on a number of occasions, and um, you you've written quite favorably about how the Muslim community needs to uh, consider a Muslim Benedict option. Now, before we go into that, can you explain what the Benedict option is? You've heard me explain it in my in my introduction, probably quite badly. Uh, so, so what is the Benedict option? Well, um, essentially, the um, Benedict option uh, is uh, a book written by um, a, a journalist and thinker, uh, Christian journalist and thinker, Rodrier, and he argues that um, the culture war—that uh, is, the war between um, you know the sort of traditional Christian um, uh, worldview of uh, a God-centered worldview um, and God, uh, God-centered, um, let's say, like um, ordered life, um, has been uh, lost. Uh, that war has been lost. Um, is is his view that the um, uh, it has been lost to uh, the other side, and the other side is um, that tendency within uh, Western civilization that. Uh, began about uh, 500 years ago and um, has been gathering steam ever since, um, which is that tendency to uh, put um, human individual autonomy and the pursuit of one's own pleasure, the pursuit of one's own identity, the pursuit of one's own truth, even um, as the center of of their lives. Um, you know, so that you know, one could call that liberalism. One could call that, um, you know. Uh, you know, sort of enlightenment thinking or, or anything like that. But um, essentially that this, um, this phenomenon um, uh, is this anti-Christian phenomenon, um, you know, worldview is, um, you know, has, you know, has essentially uh, um, uh, um, defeated um, the old uh, Christian order. And that, um he argues that uh, Christians need to stop trying to, uh, they need to accept that that is the case and they need to stop um, uh, imagining that there's any way to um, 
at least in the short term um, or you know in the near term to or even medium term to try to um, uh, overcome that instead what they need to do is to sort of regroup um, they need to regroup they need to um, and they need to rethink and reevaluate uh, how uh, Christians are going to um, uh, how Christianity is going to survive and how Christian um, the Christian uh, centered life the God centered life uh, is going to uh, be able to be maintained um, throughout um, through this dark period uh, that they see, and uh, he uh, the Benedict Benedict option refers to uh, a um, uh, the uh, to the, a, 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 a monastic order, um, the uh, Benedictine order, um, and the rule uh, or the book that was written by um, uh, the founder of that order on how. Um, uh, monks uh, should uh, should live their lives, and so that um, uh, you know that um, uh, instruction or that uh, that guide book uh, prescribes uh, things like um, you know uh, um, uh, uh, rules for uh, for prayer, rules for hospitality, rules for communal living, um, uh, rules for sort of disciplining the soul, um, and so on. So what he does is he's actually not, Dreher is not actually um, calling on um, uh, uh, Christians to all become uh, monks. Uh, but what he's, say, what he's saying is that um, there, are, there are lessons uh, from that sort of monastic life that Christian, um, Christians can, um, can implement in their lives that, to help them through this dark period. So he, he the, the, um, the reason he chooses um, the, the, Bene, um, the Benedict um, um, work, Benedictine uh, sort of program, is because Benedict um, was uh, uh, lived at the time of the fall of the Roman um, uh, of the Roman Empire and uh, uh, in in the, in the West and its. Um, you know, it's it was conquered by the um, uh, the, uh, the uh, Visigoths, and essentially that the um, you know Rome had totally disintegrated into um, you know uh, decadence, and um, people were no longer the, the, you know morality was um, was 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 de- dead, and um, you know the world there there the the Christian worldview was um, essentially like anathema, and so. Um, he, in order to try to preserve um, Christianity, uh, he he founded his order. So what's interesting about that is that um, that reminds me a lot of the way that, um, um, or the response of um, Muslims in uh, the former Ottoman Empire when the secular regime took over. Uh, there they, um, you know, with, with, the, with secularism and nationalism, um, uh, raging, uh, they uh, there were Sufi orders um, withdrew from uh, you know from uh, society and um, did what they could to try to preserve um, uh, uh, a um, uh, a worldview and a way of life uh, and a tradition um, through this uh, sort of uh, chaos and winter bitter winter that was happening. Likewise, in um, uh, the, uh, the the Turkic uh, and uh, areas of uh, and Persian areas of um, the Soviet Union, 
uh, when the communists came to power, um, there were, uh, you know, in this very, very harsh um, atheistic uh, atmosphere, uh, secular atmosphere came. Then there were Muslims who withdrew and attempted to preserve, um, you know, as if an amber, um, you know, a, uh, um, a tradition and a, and, a, and a way of life and a, and a worldview um, and a way of being um, that had a lot at the center uh, and had, um, you know, uh, and, and everything flowed uh, from that as, as opposed to the, um, the materialist uh, worldview of, of secularism and communism. I mean, to what extent is Drea, who's speaking about the Christian condition, also speaking really to Muslims and uh, the Muslim condition here in Western countries? So, what I um, I think that um, Drea is right um, in that certainly in in the West and at least in the United States, which I can speak to much better. Um, but he's right that um, there is. Uh, you know, traditional uh, Jew, Jew, Jewish and Christian uh, and Islamic morality um, is certainly um, considered uh, uh, now bigotry. I mean, it's considered bigotry. It's considered backwards. It's considered um, you know, and and it's not just it's not just the morality. It's also more fundamentally, and this is where it comes from. Um, this is the root of it. Uh, more fundamentally, the purpose of um, um, the purpose of of this new liberal uh, order, um, its its uh, greatest good that it sees is um, individual autonomy. That is the greatest good that um, uh, that it seeks to preserve. Um, so, for example, uh, Justice Kennedy. Uh, in um, his, um, uh, you know, in, the, in something that he, uh, in his opinion that he wrote in the, uh, um, uh, the um, uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, he, uh, you know, he he, tr- he said that um, uh, essentially that liberty. And I'm paraphrasing. He said that the, the definition of liberty is um, the ability of each individual to define. The good, what is good for their own selves, uh, and to vi- to define truth and the meaning of life and so on for their own selves, which is very 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 different um, from what the uh, you know from 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 a traditional Christian view of what is um, the ultimate good and is of course uh, totally different than the traditional uh, Islamic um, view of what is the ultimate good. You know, of course, for us the ultimate good is um, Allah's pleasure. For us, the ultimate good is, um, um, you know, is, is Jannah and everything and how to achieve that. Um, everything flows from that. You know, we have a, a guide on, on the, the path to that. Um, so therefore, you see, for example, even uh, you see the secularization of our religion where uh, hijab, for example, is, you know, seen as some sort of um, uh, thing that should be protected and and the thing uh, because why it's my choice this is my choice to live this way this is my who i am this is my self-expression um and that's the criterion which makes hijab um uh, good supposedly you know um so what this is doing is setting up as your greatest good 
um, your personal choice. And um, if you believe that it was not, um, you know, if that was not your personal choice, then therefore it would be good for you not to wear it. Um, whereas, of course, in our, um, in our, with, in, in a worldview with um, Allah, uh, Allah's pleasure at the center, then um, if, you know, then, then what really matters is whether Allah is pleased with what you do. And so, um, and so this, um, you know, uh, what we are affected by as Muslims in the West, um, we are affected by this, um, uh, profoundly affected by this uh, secularization of, uh, of our religion. And the secular, the secularizing of the, of the, of the, um, of the culture. And we, it's, it's, it's what's, what makes it so difficult. And I speak as a parent, um, you know, who raised, uh, well, you know, uh, who's, who saw my children grow up here um, and grow and go to public Islamic schools and public schools. Um, and they're all, uh, and my youngest is now uh, 18. My oldest is, uh, uh, well, my, my, my youngest is actually uh, a few months old. Uh, I mean, a year old. Uh, but, but, um, but I have four, five, four, five children. The four oldest ones um, are all adults essentially now. Um, and they, uh, you know, from observing them and from observing other youth, you know, at the, in the mosque and, um, you know, on online and so on. I mean, what, what, what is difficult for them where, where our worldview really doesn't make uh, sense anymore, you know? Um, so, it's not, it's not just a matter of um, someone getting involved in some sort of like, uh, let's say like left-wing causes or, or liberal causes. Or that's, that's not really the, the, the issue. I mean, the issue is that when, you're, when, it, when, it, when it doesn't make sense to you anymore that, um, you know, and you are, it doesn't make sense to you that, you're, that um, Allah's pleasure is the ultimate um, criterion and the ultimate goal, uh, the greatest good, you know, but rather, uh, you know, you, you, you live in a paradigm, your paradigm that you were raised in, that you're swimming in essentially like a, the fishbowl that we're, we're, we're swimming in is, um, you know, uh, 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 sets up um, your individual uh, uh, pleasure and choice as, as the greatest goal. Um, then and then that 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 the, and everything your 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 worldview will be oriented around that. So it okay, but that, but that's theoretically all well and true. But how practically does that impact the Muslim community? For example, this is why we're seeing so much. Um, I think um, so many people struggling with this. I mean, people parents don't want to face the fact that many 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 uh, um, children in their community. Are go are experiencing very serious uh, crises of faith, and and I wouldn't even call them crises of faith for many people because a crisis of faith implies that you um, uh, that you have faith and that your faith is um, uh, you're experiencing doubts in your faith. Yes, ma- definitely, many many children are experiencing that, but 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 many youth um, don't even have crises of faith in in the sense that they're um, uh, that their hold on Islam, or that that, that is very tenuous. I mean, it's it's like um, uh, the faith is not even there to begin with. 
you know, and I, I don't say that, you know, some sort of mass takfir, takfir or something like that. I just say that, that um, Islam becomes something much more um, cultural and um, uh, just something, um, something as sort of a heritage or something that, you know, um, as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to the, uh, what their lives are, are oriented around, oriented around. So that if someone has a uh, conviction that they, for example, are uh, gay or transgender, and that conflicts with this God-centered, uh, Allah-centered life, where Allah's pleasure is first, and that everything, including our concept of what a human being is, you know, what is the nature of the human being, that, and why was he or she created? You know, what is your purpose on this, uh, on this life, uh, on this uh, purpose of creation? Why, why are you here on this earth? If, if that's not, um, when that is not part of, uh, when that is not um, immediate and obvious and intuitive, um, then one, it's not even a choice anymore. It's, it's, not, it's not a difficult choice to say, I, I am who I am. I am gay. I am transgender. And if that means I can't be a Muslim, then I'm not a Muslim, you know? And, um, or at least they may not say that openly, but um, that's often, you know, in many cases, that's, that's what's happening. Or, or even to the extent that, um, that they will say, um, if this religion, um, Islam, does not recognize the validity of someone's um, you know, queerness or whatever, uh, or, uh, or the validity of their, of a man, uh, saying that in fact, they're actually a woman. If this religion does not recognize that, then I can't, um, then, then that religion is something alien to me. You know, that religion is not, that's, that's not, um, I, I don't believe that, you know, and again, they may not join this ex-Muslim, uh, trend and, you know, and so on and so on that, you know, these ex-Muslims and so on are not the real uh, are not a, are not actually a problem. You know, they're not they're, they're not really any uh, problem. The real problem is uh, is that the real problem is is um, that Islam does not make sense. Uh, it's not intuitive. It's not immediately intuitive to many many youth because of this um, uh, victory uh, by the um, by this uh, liberal secular worldview. I'm, I'm trying to understand what, what's changed in recent history for Rod Dreyer, but also from the, the discussion we're having here about the Muslim community. I mean, uh, the, the process of liberalization has uh, has been a, 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 you know, as, as you quite rightly said, a centuries old process, right? In fact, in America, it began with the, with the drafting of the American Constitution and uh, the a clear separation of religion from uh, from from political life. Um, uh, so, what has changed in in recent history uh, for someone like Rodrea to argue that we now live in a post-Christian world? I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that be uh, a correct statement to make? Even in the 18th century, uh, we we now live in a post-Christian world in in the sense that you know that the prerequisites of Christianity no longer would apply in a meaningful sense upon state and society. I have a, a slight quibble with um, Thradrer in his um, portrayal uh, or, his, or in his 
description of the um, uh, framers of the Constitution uh, as being uh, deists, you know, so uh, de- a deist is uh, someone who has kind of a very watered down um, version of, uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's certainly not Christianity, it's, a, um, it's an idea that, um, yes, there is a God, uh, but this God essentially um, uh, is like a watchmaker uh, who cr- uh, created the universe um, like a, a mechanism, set it to go with like a first um, like pushing the first thing of a domino or something or, or, or like, or again, you know, setting a watch and then now is not involved in the, um, you know, day to day. He's not, he, he's not, he's not part of, um, he's not continuing. He's not the Lord of the universe in the sense that he can, he's, he's not the, he's not the one who disposes of affairs and so on. I mean, we believe that for example, the, you know, every, um, you know, that Allah is aware and knows of, even even every leaf falling, you know, as it says in the Quran, or there's a hadith that um, every raindrop has an angel um, carrying it down to the to the to the ground. You know, so, I mean, when we look at the American Constitution, we often argue that it was part of this revolutionary process of secularization and liberalization, and it was the first state which uh, in the world, in the Western world, which we could truly call a secular state. I mean. You seem to be questioning uh, the uh, the basis of the American Constitution. If you look, if you the better, the best way to see the best way to see this is a, as as we mentioned, this is a is a process. This process begins um, with developments like the uh, the process of secularization begins with developments such as the Protestant Reformation and then the um, the Enlightenment and so on and 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 uh, the French Revolution. For many of these. Um, th- this this was actually like developments that were happening among elites. These are developments that were happening among um, certain classes of people, you know, and uh, only um, slowly did it uh, percolate and did it influence, um, did, its, did its influence begin to, uh, to spread so that the United States could uh, separate uh, in, uh, could say that uh, the government has no, uh, uh, cannot establish a church. Uh, in the Constitution, they could do that, and it and it really wasn't secularizing. Why? Because in America, religion. Was, I mean, uh, America was the most religious con- uh, country in the in the world. You know, I mean, at least in the Western world. You know, um, uh, you know, it, it was unthinkable. I mean, deists actually, uh, um, and again, contrary. You know, say like in, in, in respectful discriminant to Roger. I mean, deists were actually like mobbed. Um, their stores were burnt. Their 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 debates were uh, burned. You know, like the place, the venues they were having debates and were burned. Their printing presses were burned and destroyed because they were um, uh, they they were explicitly trying to undermine Christianity. So when everyone is Christian, you know, then you don't need a <laughs> you don't need. As a matter of fact, the the reason that they um, did not want. Um, uh, the, the reason that the First Amendment was passed in the first place, the, 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 the establishment clause of the First Amendment, uh, was that Baptists uh, and other religious minorities did not want um, a, an established Anglican church. They wanted to be free to have their own um, religious, um, you know, they didn't want someone to be, for example, punished because uh, they weren't using the Anglican Book of Common Prayer or something. They wanted, they had their own rituals. So, um, uh, but the other aspect of the First Amendment is, is um, the free exercise clause, which is that the government cannot 
um, uh, also interfere with people's religious practice. So that, so actually, that's a that's a um, that's establishing religion as a uh, and what religion meant then Christianity um, as uh, it's giving it a special status that exempts it from the jurisdiction. So um, uh, in that sense, and so for example, when Tocqueville, uh, the French um, uh, political scientist, visited the United States in 1850, he was uh, shocked. Uh, at the level of religiosity of uh, of um, of Americans, you know, it was far far greater than in France. So France, um, we, we, the best way to look at this is that the United States, when it was founded in 1776 uh, with the with the Declaration of Independence, and by the way, the Declaration of Independence says um, uh, explicitly relies on God as the um, authorization for the for for the um, Charter of the United States. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and then it says uh, um, uh, that all, uh, you know, all men are created equal um, and endowed by their creator with certain in, in unalienable, unalienable rights. So um, people, uh, according to the, the, the uh, founders of the United States, the, hu- the human being has rights only because, of, um, because he was created by God and God gave him those rights. That's the source of his rights is God's giving it to them. Whereas if you look at the progress of, but that, that's not to say that, but certainly the, you, you know, the American revolution was affected by the enlightenment to some degree, most particularly by the Scottish enlightenment, not the, not the French enlightenment, but um, uh, they still, the entire, the, the constitution and the declaration of independence was essentially um, based on natural law, which is, um, you know, uh, the idea that God, um, uh, God, it's essentially like the, the concept of sunnah to law, or as Ibn Rushd, uh, or Allah's ways that he put in the creation. You know, Allah created this creation with certain patterns and in certain, uh, with certain things being good and certain things being bad. Of course, there's, the Ash'ari might disagree in certain, certain ways, but, um, but like Ibn Rushd said, um, he called that the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, Sharia the Sharia that is not written. In other words, like there's the Sharia that is revealed, and then there's the Sharia that is that Allah um, created this this you know this cosmos with this creation with, or like Ibn Taymiyyah and others. Um, many many scholars actually mentioned this, so did Fakhreddin Razi and others that the, um, mentioned that uh, Adil justice is the um, equilibrium of this cosmos, and that when Justice uh, is um, when human affairs are not uh, conducted with justice, then um, certain uh, results will will follow. That you know that the the collapse of that um, of that order of that civilization is, um, and so in a and, and, and so in a very real sense, there are strong parallels, um, uh, if not in fact, I mean because they come from the same source. Um, you know there are strong parallels between the uh, Islamic uh, worldview. And this Christian worldview. So that worldview, uh, which informed uh, the Declaration of Independence, was was nevertheless um, to some degree affected by um, by the Enlightenment um, uh, to, to to some degree. Now, um, by the time you get to the French Revolution, which begins after the American Revolution ends, um, the French Revolution, in their Declaration of the Rights of Man, they say that the state is the source of all sovereignty. The state as a representative of the people is a source of all sovereignty. And so there, um, 
um, this is a much more militant and much more uh, secular understanding of the uh, uh, of the of the order of um, the universe and the order of creation, and in fact denies that there's a creation at all. Actually, now this, the focus is man. The focus is um, man and his will, man and his desires, um, and and, uh, and sees the um, implementation of those desires as the greatest good and as the source of order. So that which finds its expression in France and then even more radically in Germany. Um, uh, with Marx and then later with, uh, with Hitler and, and Nietzsche and so on. That, um, uh, uh, and then, of course, postmodernism, which is a, um, uh, uh, which is a uh, uh, descendant of, of that. Um, that European style, um, uh, continental European style, um, has begun uh, you know, to, uh, uh, to win over in the United States. You know, so um, so that that um, that disease of the soul essentially is um, is is uh, has ghalaba, you know has <laughs> has uh, you know has conquered essentially uh, that older um, uh, that older natural law Christian uh, understanding in the in the United States. Well, that's really fascinating, uh, Brother Ismail. So, what's the significance for Muslims when we? Uh, think about the uh, American Constitution and this process uh, towards, I suppose, a more uh, a more fanatical uh, secularization and liberalization. How, how should Muslims consider this? See, we we make a very terrible error in seeing uh, that uh, seeing ourselves as like sort of like innocent bystanders in some sort of like culture war between these you know different. Um, sides that you know that oh that's Christians that's that's not that's not the Muslims, but the problem is that um, what what we fail what we fail to realize uh, is that we are all ahlul kitab we're ahlul kitab and uh, as the Prophet said and and the Jews and the believing Jews believing Christians are ahlul kitab and we have um, we have a commonality. Among us, this is not syncretism. This isn't saying this isn't perennialism. This isn't saying that all the all the these three religions are equally valid. No, the, uh, it's uh, Christianity is kufr, uh, Judaism is kufr. It's disbelief, um, but um, that disbelief is less severe than the disbelief of the atheists, than the dis- disbeliefs of the postmodernists, and so on. So, so that they why because as Ibn Qayyim and Imam Qahawi and others, many others describe that they believe in um, Allah, they believe in uh, uh, the day of judgment, they believe in revelation, they believe in prophethood, and so on. And so, they're, um, so, so to the extent that we have uh, this very, very strong um, common ground in, in, our, in our worldview, um, we are affected uh, just as much, and when that um, when when that world that 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 uh, individual centered worldview takes over and renders the God centered worldview no longer intelligible, um, then our youth are affected, and our um, blowing off of this, or even worse, our our embracing um, uh, this. Uh, 
uh, individual-centered, autonomy-centered um, worldview. Uh, when we do that, um, we are um, destroying uh, our, our youth. We're destroying future generations. We're destroying our, our, our religion. The older generations of Muslim activists and so on, they made a Machiavellian decision to align themselves with that um, worldview, you know, uh, to align themselves with that, um, the, that movement, uh, to support, for example, um, you know, uh, LGBT and to support, um, you know, uh, uh, people who were actually fighting for, um, you know, justice to some degree in, in, in terms of like uh, against racism and so on like that. But um, they made a, I mean, they made a decision to align with people, and this actually is not only helping to advance um, that uh, um, atheistic worldview against um, the Ahlul Kitab, which we should not be doing. It is, it is, it is absolutely, um, it is, it is against our uh, tradition and our nature to be supporting. Um, atheism, which is a, a type of shirk, against um, uh, against the Ahl Kitab, but also um, uh, we're uh, we're harming our own religion because we're aiding the conquest of this worldview, um, which uh, ultimately is going to uh, destroy our future generation generations. Now let's return back to Rodreyer and his um, Benedict option. What is Drea asking us to do? I mean, a uh, a superficial reading, I suppose, of of uh, his his work is uh, he's asking Christians, and I suppose by extension, as you argue, Muslims, to move away from uh, the uh, decadence of the liberal world and to uh, and to isolate ourselves and to uh, in order to safeguard our religion and our faith and 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 what we regard as being sacred, uh, we need to take drastic action, even if that means uh, that we set up our own mini communities away from civilization, away from modernity. Is that a correct reading of uh, the Benedict option? What he's, really say- what he's really saying is that Christians can draw inspiration from, and sort of uh, analogously, um, you know, follow the uh, rules that Benedict set up for his, um, uh, for his monastery, uh, in, in, for his order in terms of, um, let's say, like, uh, strengthening community. Uh, one of his things is uh, stability, so that one of his principles is that um, monks cannot move from one order to another. They have to stay, in, or cannot move from one monastery to another. When they uh, join their order, then they will live the rest of their lives in that particular monastery where they took their vows. And he analogizes that to say that Christians should uh, stay put and try to um, uh, live their lives in one community where they can um, uh, uh, grow up around um, uh, and get to know neighbors, get to know, you know, um, other members of their churches and so on, and, 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 and spend 10, 20, 30, 40 years with these people um, and thereby strengthening their um, their community. So those are the types of um, and he and he has a, like hospitality. He has other sort of um, uh, uh, ways of drawing inspiration from 
these rules that would apply to monks and, and applying that into like people who live, um, you know, in society. So like he, uh, he, he quotes um, something my mother used to say to me, my mother was a Catholic. She used to say, be, um, be, uh, uh, what is it? In, be in the world, but not of the world. In other words, be in the world, but don't be a part of the world while you're in the world, you know? Um, so I, you know, I, I think that there's there well there certainly are many many parallels uh we 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 would we would have some similar spirit first of all if you look at ramadan and fasting um our abstention from the world uh comes every uh, uh once a year you know for a whole month so we abstain from the world we train our nafs to um uh leave uh what is lawful uh for the sake of allah so that we can uh, find it even easier to abstain from what is unlawful outside of um, Ramadan, it's that it's that training of the soul uh, to discipline it and to um, uh, you know and to uh, to uh, fight the the whispering of the desires. See, so this is actually the opposite of um, of what the greatest good is in the liberal worldview, which is that this desire is the greatest thing um, is is the ultimate good to satisfy that desire. That and that's what makes you. That's how they define happiness. For us. Um, actually, we we take delight in fighting our desires. We have a sort of a, asceticism uh, uh, there, and then um, likewise, uh, you know, like the Prophet said, uh, or uh, uh, be in this world as a as a traveler. You know, um, and, you know, cause this is not our home. This is uh, this world is not our home. This world is not our final end. So. I think in some ways what he's trying to, uh, what he wants to do is he wants Christians to be more like Muslims, <laughs> at least in that sense, you know, uh, he doesn't say that, but that's really how we, now, if, but if you look at the Muslims, what we're doing is you, you find Muslims uh, doing stuff like uh, uh, sort of even secularizing Ramadan. Oh, this, this is a, you know, this is good for the, uh, good for health, or this is um, a way to learn what it's like to be poor. Yes, it is. It is a way to, empathize with with the poor but ultimately it's uh it's about fighting um it's about in fact it's about with restraining oneself um so why do so few muslims see the dire emergency that rodrea is observing in relation to his community the christian community i think the reason is that uh or a a very major reason is that muslims are not um muslims are not really understanding the nature of what's going on around them, you know, they're not understanding the nature of this disease, and they're and they're delusional, in the sense of thinking that they are immune from uh, what happens uh, or around them, and so they they, um, you know, they're they're just not they're they're not aware of, I'll, like you know, on the one hand, um, first generation immigrants they um for them are not really as affected by what's going on because their worldview is shaped by the um by where they grew up you know so people who grew up in pakistan or grew up in jordan or something like that you know even though those countries are are to a large extent um um affected in certain classes and among certain people they are affected by um by liberalism um, you know, many people, uh, especially people who are not from those classes. So like, you know, the, the cab drivers and the, you know, and the, um, you know, and the, the bodega owners and so on, 
you know, these, these are, these are um, traditional people. You know, these are traditional people who, uh, you know, who have their Islamic worldview, even people who are selling alcohol and stuff. I mean, you know, even people who are not, who are, who are not like, you know, saints, they're, um, they still, you know, they, they still, um, they still fear Allah and they still um, have Allah at the, at the center of their mind. I mean, Islam is, Islam is real to them. But the children, you know, the, this, this, this other generation that is growing up here, um, so the adults are not aware of, 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 what, these, of what their children um, are being affected by. And the children are not aware of what they're affected by because they are, um, it, it seems normal to them. You know, um, it seems like, a, uh, it seems like uh, um, um, it's intuitive, it's self-evident um, that, um, uh, that we, cre- we create our own identities and we are, you know, and, and so on and so on. So um, especially for the uh, much younger, now, now in, in public schools and so on, this is, um, I mean, I have so many horror stories. My youngest, uh, my youngest son, they, um, in his drama class, uh, the teacher took him and um, uh, took his class and divided them into two and said, okay, this group over here is going to, uh, uh, is going to do a good deed for the sake of God. And then this group over here is going to do a good deed, but um, uh, simply uh, to be a good person. And then we're going to discuss about how um, it winds up being the same thing. And so therefore, <laughs> therefore, you don't, therefore, you don't need to do it, uh, any good deeds for the sake of God. And this was, this was part of like learning. Um, uh, this was part of like their exercises. They were, as they were doing the uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame play, which features a, uh, um, a hypocritical uh, Christian um, and, and features irreligious people who are, who are good people. And of course there are irreligious people who are good people. And of course there are religious hypocrites, but, uh, you see, this is the and and in Fairfax County, Virginia, where you know my children went to school. They that that uh, that uh, um, that school district has now implemented mandatory um, uh, lessons where it's taught that um, biology uh, that sex is not something that's determined by biology and has no actual reality, but that but the but sex is rather determined by uh, how one feels, and so. This is what these, and, and it's really important to, this is not some sort of nitpicking on, you know, some, oh, well, you know, uh, either, either to say, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're, we're nitpicking about, this is like a quirky um, uh, belief in, in, in society today that we Muslims don't share about, you know, the transgender thing. And, you know, so, so that's something that we don't need to think about. No, that actually... Um, is reflecting something very, uh, very much deeper, which is this um, revolt against the reality of things, um, the reality of, um, uh, of of created things that Allah imbued um, um, His creation with. You know, it's rebelling against that, and it's making man um, or the individual God. You know, uh, have you seen the one who takes his desires as his own God, as as Allah says? So, anyway. I think that the Muslims are not discussing um, a similar uh, sort of urgent action plan because for various reasons, they're not, um, they're not aware of, of, um, uh, uh, of what's happening, you know? And um, what I would say is I, I, I think that Muslims 
need to be aware of it. They need to, they need to come to grips with what's happening. They need to realize that the liberal um, view that um, what everyone, uh, what every individual, any individual uh, desires is, 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 ne- is necessarily good. Um, they need to understand that that doesn't actually protect Muslims. You know, people think that, you know, many Muslims, especially people who thought maybe a little bit about this, but they're, um, you know, they're, they're swayed by this uh, liberal view. Um, we'll see that as something good because they'll say, they'll say, look, okay, even if I don't agree with that, even if I agree that Allah is the center of what, how I order my life, the fact that the broader society is, um, um, uh, uh, sees that as something that needs to be tolerated because that is um, my choice, you know, um, then that's good. That's pragmatically good for Muslims. That's the, that's the idea. You know, the idea is that's pragmatically good for Muslims because um, it will allow Muslims to be uh, left alone. And if we have to, um, and and not and and differently, and more than being left alone, it will allow Muslims to be accepted. It will allow Muslims to be accepted into society, and that this is this is what uh, is um, at the bottom of um, this um, embrace of li- of liberalism by by many Muslims, which is that um, uh, that desire for acceptance, that desire for a place in um, uh, in society, you know, and Muslims look at that and they say these liberals and liberalism in, in general is a is a good thing because um it it makes room uh for for me uh to wear my hijab because that means i'm a part of um you know that means it's you know my choice is to be respected it allows people to uh run for office and say you know this is uh you know this is my identity you know as as a muslim and that, and 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 muslims in those uh situations um enjoy a status with liberals because they um it, it they they're um liberals are able to show that they're um accepting of diversity you know this isn't you know having a having a muslim on your um you know in in your um in your organization or in your friend group or in your um or or you know as a as a leader in a uh, you know i don't know in, in your your community is a way of showing that um that you're uh, uh, you're respectful of this diversity, but the problem is that that comes with a cost. The cost is that um, you don't um, your your religion is not something that um, you live in your life. You know, Islam is not something that orders your life. That it orders your ethical decisions. It orders your now. It can order your order your ethical decisions, but only insofar as it agrees with. Um, uh, liberal ethics of of the moment. So for example, as Muslims, we certainly would uh, be against police brutality. We certainly would be for the environment. We certainly would, um, protecting the environment, we'd be for, um, you know, um, those sorts of things. And so it's permissible to, uh, uh, to, to, to be for those things uh, and to take that stance on issues so long as um, those are things that you know that 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 um, agree with um, with liberal um, uh, ethics, but um, if you are say uh, you know, but what about 
um, you know, our, our position on, for example, uh, traditional sexual morality, um, then that's not something that is acceptable, you know, that you're not allowed, even if you manage to still believe that, you have to keep that a private belief. That's not something that um, is able to be expressed uh, in, uh, in society. But maybe that's a price worth paying if we maintain our loyalty to our faith, but at the same time, uh, we keep some of our uh, objections private. Maybe that's a, a price worth paying for a, a more secure life here in the West. Now, one might say, that's a co- uh, it's, I, I will accept the cost that I need to, for example, um, as a woman, Muslim woman, may need to go into a bathroom with a, a man who's claiming to be a, a, a woman uh, or believes that he's a woman, and I may have to be alone with, with, with him in that bathroom. Um, but those are, those are costs that they may be willing to bear, and they may even begin to see it as something along the lines of, look, I, would, um, I wouldn't want to be uh, told that my um, views and my beliefs are wrong, that I was wrong. So why would I um, want to do that uh, to someone else? You know, so those those are the sort of um, reasons that the 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 the, the uh, victory of of liberal um, liberalism um, is seen as a um, either a total win for Muslims, um, or up for, and that would be for Muslims who don't really. Um, find any contradiction between their, uh, um, I mean, they've accepted uh, liberalism as, as their creed. Or for Muslims who don't accept liberalism as their creed, they may be willing just to, um, to take those costs. Especially when you look at the fact that they see from people like uh, Trump and uh, Trump supporters and many people that they identify with, with, with Christians, they see hostility to Muslims. They see hostility to, hostility to Islam. And so they and so they say, well, you know, why should uh, why should we? Uh, they 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 look at that and they say that, that essentially the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You know, those those people have declared me to be the enemy. So why should I in any way sympathize? Not only should not only why should I like pragmatically help them when they're actually trying to fight fight me, but also why should I even um, sympathize with 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 their views at all? You know, I mean, they're they're um, if they hate me, they must they must be wrong, you know, they must be, there must be something wrong with them. And so I'm not going to sympathize with that. And so that's, um, I mean, that's, that's very understandable, you know, it's, it's, it's very understandable because um, the nature of the human being is that the human being wants um, ease, you know, the human being wants, to, and the human being wants to be accepted and liked, you know, and um, the human being doesn't naturally want to um, go and endure the um, hardship and the discomfort of um, of living alongside people who hate who 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 question your intentions and who dislike you, um, you know, and so on. And so that's why um, that's why Muslims have been naturally gravitating to it. Now, what's the, in the the what 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 Muslims are missing, however, as I mentioned, is that they are missing um, the danger. Um, to their religion and to their uh, to the forthcoming um, generations' religion of the victory of, of of liberalism. In other words, this this is a this is something that is leading to a uh, it's a road to apostasy, and it's uh, uh, you know 
and, and, and they're, they're missing that. So the comforts that you get, the comforts that you get of being able to um, be accepted in society of, of, uh, of being like the token hijabi or, or, or the, you know, something like that, the comforts that you get um, are temporary and they're worldly, you know, and they're, um, they're, they are, it is of course, psychically um, more comfortable, um, uh, that type of thing. And, and, you know, and, and the, the, the cost of hiding your real beliefs or even not even having those beliefs is, is, you know, is not the real cost. The real cost is um, what happens uh, in, in the generations to come. On the other hand, what they're also missing is they're missing the fact that uh, the, the believing Christians, and, uh, there are, believe, there are, there are the, the right um, is not monolithic. You have on the right people who are just as dangerous as liberals in their, in their secularism. They are just as, um, like, for example, neoconservatives who, who are essentially liberals. Um, you know, uh, you, you have people like um, Breitbart and you have people like, um, like Milo and you have people like, um, you know, these type of people who are um, uh, actually, um, uh, and, and, and even libertarians, uh, frankly, who are, are not as hostile to Muslims, but they're, uh, and there are many good things about uh, libertarians, but uh, ultimately these people are, are, do not believe that, um, uh, that, that um, society and politics and so on should be oriented around, um, uh, around God and around the good, uh, what, around the good that, uh, goods that, um, uh, that religion defines as good. Um, so, uh, and, and these, uh, free market, um, uh, uh, extremists, you know, who are, um, you know, neoliberals and so on, which is, a, which is, you know, could be considered conservative. You know, these people are, um, uh, actually just as, uh, just as dangerous, you know? So what that leaves is that leaves, uh, and also by the way, there, you have, you have people who are like alt, the alt-right and you have people who are, who, who ostensibly promote Christianity like Steve Bannon, um, and others. But actually, what they're promoting is a form of nationalism. It, it's a form of worship of blood and soil. These are people who um, who are actually like they worship. Uh, I call them race idolaters. They worship race. They um, they're uh, they're xenophobic. They're um, you know uh, uh, they're they're uh, you know populists and so on. And so um, those kind of people are actually just as secular and secularizing. And just as dangerous, they're they're they are dangerous to Christians because they fool many Christians into thinking that that is actually religion, when in fact it's not. It's actually um, a type of paganism. What, what you're left with is you're left. Uh, what, what Muslims need to realize is that there um, is a community of Christians that um, uh, are g- uh, uh, good allies for Muslims to have, and not only allies but also people worthy of um, community with, you know. But how about the Benedict option and its application to us as Muslims? So me and my community here in, in the UK and your community in the United States, how does the Benedict option impact on our, our sense of community and how we come together? What Muslims, what Muslims need to do is they need to do uh, what I would say about about um, a sort of Benedict option for Muslims. This is what I would say. I would say, first of all, that we need to, um, we need to really, really take stock 
of our community. We really need to really, really take stock of where, where are we headed? What is this activism that's happening um, on the national level? Where is that headed? And is that worthy of continued uh, support? Um, where is this, uh, uh, where, uh, where is our community headed in terms of our masjid, in terms of our Islamic center, in terms of our Islamic schools, in terms of our efforts? Um, we need to take stock of, um, uh, of, of where we are and we need to circle the wagons in, in, in a sense. We need, to, we, need to sh- uh, we need to redouble our efforts at forming a community. Every single one of us, for example, instead of after Jum'ah just leaving and, and without saying anything to anyone, you know, hang around and, and, um, and talk to people, you know, get involved in the community in terms of um, uh, youth groups and halakas. And, uh, you know, I, 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 as you may know, and as readers, uh, you know, I, I, as listeners may know, I went to prison for 13 and a half years. Before I left, the community was so much stronger, you know, and I, and I, I of course, I can only speak for where I was in nor- Northern Virginia, but the Northern Virginia community, DC, Maryland area, was um, the community was so uh, vibrant and strong, you know? And when I came back, I mean, it was like everyone was in their own little bubble. I mean, no one, uh, you know, it, it, the, the community had, uh, w- had lost some of its uh, life, you know? And um, of course there can be many reasons for that, but whatever the reason, um, we have to make as a, uh, as a priority, we have to put our priority on our, on, um, on strengthening community, on putting our efforts towards things, uh, towards institutions such as schools, such as um, things like funeral homes, such as things like uh, community centers, which we don't really have, uh, clinics and, and um, you know, medical clinics, um, you know, th- things to help the poor Muslims, um, you know, uh, knowing our neighbors. We need to know our neighbors better. We need to know who them, if, is, is there a Muslim living near you? Um, you know, uh, invite them over, bring them, uh, bring them food, you know, stre- strengthen community in this era and this time where um, people are alienated and atomized. And, uh, you know, so, so prioritize um, uh, community over individual, you know. And then, uh, 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 of course, Islamic education is extremely, extremely important. And, and it goes without saying your family. I would say that uh, one of the uh, uh, things we need to do is to not put our, we definitely should not put our children in public schools. In America, public schools means like the, the government run school. Yeah, state schools. Should not do it. Don't do it. Don't put your children in public schools. It is a recipe for a disaster. But are Islamic schools any better, Ismail? I mean, it seems that they seem to be in a pretty bad state as well. Um, they're, they're, in ba- they're in bad shape. I mean, I just have to be honest. I mean, um, my, my kids went, went to one of the best um, uh, Islamic schools in, in, in the area, in the D.C. area, and um, they had a very hard time because it, wasn't, um, it didn't live up to what, you know, our, our hopes were. And may Allah reward the people, you know, at that school, love them very much as human beings, and uh, so appreciative of them, you know, allowing my, my kids to go there. But there's a very real um, problem. If there, if there are these such problems at the best Islamic school in the area, then, then what about the other ones? You know, so, so we, uh, you know, that's, that could be its own episode is problems at Islamic schools. You know, if, if the Islamic school is not working for you or there's not one near you, then homeschool your kids, you know, and not everyone can do that. Not everyone has the luxury. Some, you know, we've got this 
society where two, we have to have two, two parent, both parents working, or we have divorces and stuff like that. So, but whatever, whatever you can do, prioritize, prioritize, um, you know, cut out, cut out, um, luxuries, cut out things that you don't need, um, and prioritize your children, um, you know, and, and, and raising them cor uh, correctly, maybe put them in a, um, Montessori school or put them in a private school that if you can, if they can like test in, you know, get, get scholarships, do something to keep your kids out of those public schools. Cause those public schools are death. I mean, I suppose Islamic schools really wouldn't be an option for large majorities of Muslims, especially those who are really trying hard to make ends meet. Islamic schools will be fee paying schools and, and uh, public schools then become the only option for uh, the, you know, I think the majority of Muslims at least here in the UK what other options do we have as a community? I'm interested in uh, the uh, Maqasid community group, which I read about actually on, on a Christian website and the work they're doing. Can you enlighten us as to what Maqasid do and, and why, uh, the, why the author of uh, the Benedict option seems to praise it and, and, and see it as a, as, a, as a very worthy cause? The Maqasid is a, a very nice uh, community uh, that was set up by Sheikh Yahya Rodas. Um, they've got some land, uh, several, uh, several acres, um, and some buildings, and they, they're, they, they have a community there that is, um, it's not like a, you know, the Amish or something, because they're not, they're not living, it's, it's the people who are living there are actually students, and they're setting up like almost like a seminary. Uh, uh, there um, you know, for people to learn. But um, they have a neighborhood right near there where there's, um, you know, just, you know, maybe like, I don't know how many, but just, do, you know, dozens of people from that community living um, in this uh, neighborhood right next to uh, their, that land. And so I went over and visited um, some people there and, you know, we're just going from house to house during Ramadan, you know, we're going from house to house, greeting people. I mean, it was, it was really beautiful, you know, and of course you have that in, um, uh, some places in the United States already, like Brooklyn and Brooklyn and um, Detroit and other places, you know. So I would say that Muslims need to, I strongly recommend that Muslims move to those kind of places. Muslims should move to be around, um, you know, those people. I would, all, you know, and finally, I would say, look at, um, so if, if you know, and if it, uh, uh, there's, there's a, there's a um, Christian community called the Bruderhof. The Bruderhof is spelled B-R-U-D-E-R-H-O-F. The Bruderhof uh, is a sort of, theologically, they're related to the Amish. Um, they are originally from Germany, and they have communities in the United States and in um, the United Kingdom and, uh, and Germany and so on. But they, um, uh, what they do is they have, like, in, in the country, and, you know, out in the hills or mountains or something, they'll have, um, you know, farms and houses and i mean it's like a village it's like a whole village of uh, and they um they're not as strict as amish they they do allow some technology and stuff they have like their own businesses um they'll make they have toys and so on they have their own schools um so they have a self-sustaining um source of income and the way they live is so beautiful i mean it's like and i would recommend that muslims go and visit them and they're open they'll 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 accept visitors you know, um, uh, we, I've, I've actually been there several times uh, to, um, to get ideas for, for how the Muslims could, could live. The Muslims, um, sh and I, you know, should consider something like that. They should consider something like that in order to, um, and not for, it's not for everyone. It's an, um, it should be an option 
that if you want to live um, simply in that kind of way and somewhat off the grid, I mean, you know, um, that, that, you can, um, uh, that you can do that. And if anyone's ever been to a Muslim country, you know, I mean, like where, you, you know, um, going back home or whatever to see how it is, it's, it's like a little bit uh, a slice of that, what these, these Christians have, you know. So it's like a slice of like 1800 or something, you know. So if we could do something like that, um, I think it would be beautiful. You've got like these uh, different, in the United States, you have some weird groups like Al-Fuqara and stuff that have like, I don't know, things like that. But these guys are on some weird time, you know. I mean, I'm thinking something like Sunni. In other words, what the Benedict Option is saying for Christians is something that the Muslims should do. It is a um, a turning inward to um, uh, 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 to restore and build the foundations of the community um, and of the self, How, uh, you know, primary, you know, this is the other thing is prioritize um, uh, yourself, prioritize your, um, uh, your prayer and your orientation towards Allah first and foremost, you know, and um, order your life around Allah and do that very intentionally, you know, and um, and your family, you know, and then the and then the community outward from that. And yet, we have to. This is really critical. We have to. We have to do da'wah. We have to. Um, uh, we have to show that our life centered around uh, the uh, Alameen, centered around the Lord of the the, the worlds, is good. You know, it's good and it's wholesome and it, and it's um, it's uh, and that we are good people. You know, and that it um, we're not we're not bigots on the one hand, and we're not extremists, and we're not um, we're not um, you know any of those things. We're um, that our our life is um, uh, the life of a Muslim oriented around um, God and the and the life of that community needs to become something that is a model in this time of um, uh, crumbling community, this time of polarization, this time of, this time of malaise and despair, um, the Muslims need to, and, and, and we need to um, work with and, um, the Ahl Kitab who are doing the same thing. And even if you find people, for, uh, even if you find people who don't understand the good that Muslims are doing, they may have just only known the, uh, propaganda or something like that. They may have, they may, have, you know. But but when they um, when they see sincerity and they see goodwill, um, that can um, win them over. And that's what we know from the life of the Prophet That's how he lived his life. He, you know, there's the 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 time when the 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 Jewish uh, the rabbi came and um, you know and grabbed him by the collar and shook him and said, you know. Uh, uh, and demanded his his money, you know that the, the Prophet owed him. And Omar stood up and said, "Let me cut his head off." <laughs> and and uh, and uh, the Prophet said, "No, uh, Omar, uh, give him the money he that I uh, that I owe him, and give him more because you scared him." And the um, and the uh, the rabbi said, "I he said I testify that this is a description of the Prophet um, that we're waiting for." The one who, when he is abused, he becomes even better in character, you know. And Subhanallah, you know, that's um, that's how that's how we need to model. Instead of um, looking for every opportunity to 
denounce and complain and to condemn uh, someone who's like says something anti-Muslim. Why don't we go meet with that person? Rod Dreher, for example. Rod Dreher is someone who uh, the Muslims had a clash with back in the uh, uh, in the early '90s when he was a reporter at uh, Dallas Morning News, and um, you know it was over. Uh, it was it, it's understandable why the Muslims were upset with him. He was um, you know he was writing about uh, the um, you know Holy Land Foundation and other things that were uh, you know it turned out to be um, allegedly sending money that went to Hamas and so on, and so there was this clash over what was uh over over that but instead of instead of instead of like having a um a meeting trying to meet with him and trying to um and trying to show the 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 goodness of 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 our uh of who we are and 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 so on and so on um the meeting that they had actually turned into a huge uh fiasco and a lot of sore feelings on all sides i'm not saying that the muslims didn't handle that correctly. I, I, it, from what I know, and I was around at the time, I, I don't think it was handled uh, correctly. Now, when you look at Rod Dreher and you look at his, um, he has seen another side uh, to the Muslims and he's interacted with Muslims, um, you know, and, you know, and so he's more open. So that's part of that maturing um, process. You know, I, I, um, I have a, uh, I have a, uh, a methodology where if someone is attacking me or, or someone is, you know, whatever, I try to disarm, I disarm them by being uh, respectful back to them and trying to understand what it is that's at the root of their, um, of their misunderstanding, because I don't mean them any harm or, and I know Islam doesn't mean them any harm. And so then we talk about it. And so that's, we have to have that sort of um, approach where we're willing to put up with other people's um, abuse um in order to um uh for for the greater good of trying to rectify the relationship that's not a um lack of manliness um and lack of dignity actually that's the um hallmark of 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 dignity it doesn't mean that you let someone spit on you or you let someone you know but um we don't have to we don't have to right now the situation is so dire that we do not have the luxury of engaging in these sort of, um, uh, or indulging in um, uh, fighting with, uh, uh, with, with, uh, with people who we should be actually um, uh, uh, working with. Yeah. In America, it seems to me that there are constitutional checks on the power of the state and the means by which the state can assert this muscular liberal program, right? So there are limits. And uh, the recent Supreme Court judgment implies that uh, there are uh, there are uh, victories to to be had for for religious people and and specifically for for Muslims who may feel marginalized in as a minority group. Whereas in Europe, uh, those checks you know they they are few and far between. Um, I mean, if you are a Muslim in France, you are uh, at you know, I I think certainly I think some Muslims in America can't imagine uh, the type of uh, the type of environment that Muslims in France currently live in. It's it's a very hostile environment, and it's sponsored by the state, right? Even if if you have a you know a a, a you know a left leaning figure, it's still more of the same. 
in Belgium, we we've recently learned about the um, the ban on hijab at uh, universities, right? And then again, Belgium historically has pursued a very progressive, so-called progressive policy of multiculturalism. Also, a ban on um, uh, r- uh, ritual slaughter, uh, halal yeah. and yeah. And, uh, and kosher slaughter is coming. Yeah. 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 Uh, in Britain, for example, I mean, um, if you were to ask me, if, if you were to speak to me 10 years back about uh, pulling uh, kids out of school and, and homeschooling them and putting them into Islamic schools, you know, that would be very much a viable option. Actually, what, what's happened since is um, many, many Muslims find that they've got... Uh, They've got bureaucratic red tape to just do that one thing, you know, of teaching yeah. their children at home. And, and um, so yeah, in Germany, schools, it's illegal. Yeah, yeah in yes. Germany, it's illegal. You can't so do many it. Muslim yeah. schools have been shut down in, in, in the last past two or three years yeah. uh, on technicalities. But, but it, you know, it's, yeah. it's certainly the case that the state wants to uh, limit the space we have to, to build this Benedict mm-hmm. option, this Muslim yes. alternative. I mean, yeah. I, I suppose... You know, firstly, do you do you foresee uh, that type of muscular muscularity uh, in in America, or are there restraints on the American system to prevent that? And secondly, what's your advice for for Muslims here in in Europe, yeah. you know, facing these challenges? Yeah, a really excellent question. I mean, well, first of all, what what um, what Muslims need to understand is that the um, protections that they um, enjoy uh, are the result of laws and uh, the the result of a constitutional order that um, stems from Christianity. What I mean to say is that it's not liberalism that is giving them those um, those rights. It's not really it's not liberalism that that is giving them that protection. It is um, it is a constitutional order that was um, uh, that ultimately finds its uh, basis in um, uh, a particular strand uh, of of Christianity that existed um, uh, and informed the um, uh, you know the, the the framers of the constitution and it also um, was it, it, they also stem from that um, pragmatic settlement that these various Christian sects uh, came up with among themselves to protect um, themselves from government domination. In other words, I'll, I'll give you an example. There's, a, there, there's the no religious test clause in the Constitution, which says that um, religion cannot be a test for, um, for office, for public office. You can't say, um, all right, um, uh, you can only you, 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 there can be no law that says that um, you can only be uh, a um, a judge if you are an Anglican or you can only you know or whatever. Um, now the Anglicans, for example, didn't like that because they said we want there to be a, a law that says you can only be. Um, but um, but but um, the reason that they ultimately um, uh, voted uh, to. Uh, 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 th- those those sects that wanted there to be a test and and that their religion was the test um, voted for this and uh, to ratify the constitution because they explicitly said we are afraid of a day that might come when other sects might be um, uh, more numerous than us 
And so, for example, the, which many people hated Catholics, you know, they said, we don't want there to be a, to come a day when Catholics take over and they make a law that says you have to be a Catholic to be a judge or to be president. So everyone agreed in order to keep any rival sect from, um, from passing laws that would establish their own um, sect, everyone agreed to say, all right, well, well, there, there just can't be any, uh, you know, any, any, any law for that. So what, uh, so the, re- the result of this settlement among Christian, uh, among these Christian sects, um, as a result of that, Muslims have um, the protections that they do. Now, um, uh, 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 that there is a momentum that conti- it continues uh, to, um, despite the ascendancy of liberalism, there is a there is a, a, a momentum that continues to um, exist within American jurisprudence that um, carves out space for religious people. Um, even, even in this time of a, um, an ascendant um, liberal uh, order. So um, uh, the problem, though, okay, the problem is this: the pro- uh, what we what we have to um, be aware of is that as uh, traditional religion and traditional morality is increasingly seen as bigotry, then what's going to happen is that there will it will make less and less sense. Um, for the society to tolerate to tolerate carve outs for um, for that quote unquote bigotry. So, do you see the space for religion and for Islam uh, narrowing in uh, American society like it has here in Europe? Um, once upon a time, religion was seen as something good. You know, it was seen as something that was um, a source of um, you know a source of Charity, a source of um, uh, neighborliness, a source of um, education. Most relig- most schools in America at one point were religious. Um, it was seen as um, part and parcel of the fabric of American life. As the, um, people have um, left religion, increasingly you have the, the nuns, or you have the I'm spiritual but not religious, or you have atheists, or you have whatever. As as the, that space for religion has shrunk. And the privatization, the increasing privatization of um, religion and it being driven out of the public sphere. So what looks like, um, what looks like protections and so on, what looks like that is actually evidence. Of, the reason there were 15, there have been 15 religious freedom cases in the United States in the past, like, um, you know, 10 years or something like that. The reason that there have been so many is because of that clash that's happening in the society, um, um, uh, you know, the, and and you just didn't have as many uh, uh, as much litigation in the past, um, you know, um, over this. So um, for now, yes, for now it seems that these uh, carve outs are 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 there. But what will happen when um, you know what will happen when you know this, the 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 um, you know ten twenty years from now. Um, it's it's hard to say. I mean, yeah. Uh, but my advice for the people in Europe, you know, I am very grateful that I live, you know, in uh, I live somewhere where um, we still have these vestiges of um, protections, uh, you know, for 
for religion, even though, as I said, it's, it's framed in a very concerning way. Um, I think that um, in Europe, you ha you're dealing with a few different problems. Number one, you're dealing with the fact that um, of nationalism. So, you know, in France or in, um, you know, in these places, Germany, you can't, you can't really be a, 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 a Turkish German, you know? I mean, you're, you know, you, can, you know, a, a German is a German, you know, it's like, you know, with the, with the, with the rise of nationalism, it was not always that way at all, but I mean, with the rise of nationalism and the equation of the nation um, with the ethnicity, um, you know, and the state and the ethnicity, um, uh, this excludes really uh, people who are not of that ethnicity. You know, I don't see any zone of comfort for Muslims in Europe. And I would say that, you know, so that's why you have this problem of like ghettoization and assimilation, and you know, and, uh, you know, it's this sort of like problem that arises only because of, it's not the fault of the Muslims. Uh, this is the fault of the uh, society, which is, uh, um, which is so uh, totalizingly nationalist um, that they cannot, um, they cannot accommodate that. It's like, it's, it's like, you know, if you look at uh, a perfect, um, a perfect illustration of this is the population transfers um, at the end of world war one between Greece and uh, Turkey, you know, where Turkey used to be part of the Ottoman empire. And so, so who, whoever is uh, Muslim is a Turk and whoever is Greek, uh, whoever is Orthodox or Christian is a Greek. It didn't used to be that way. It was like you had, you had um, people who were maybe ethnically, um, you know, Greek who were Muslims, you know, but now they're Turks, you know? So, um, and that leaves the Muslims that are left in Turkey, I mean, that are left in Greece in a very precarious uh, position. And um, this, is the, uh, this is what led to ethnic cleansing of Armenians and, of, um, uh, and for that matter of uh, Muslims in Bulgaria uh, before that, the slaughter of Muslims and, it, and, and, and so on. It's because of this, um, uh, it's because uh, the nation um, became God instead of, um, instead of uh, God. <laughs> and it's why before that you had much, much greater respect for, um, uh, for uh, uh, the autonomy of religious groups um, in, um, in the Ottoman Empire and in um, the, the um, Austro-Hungarian Empire and so on. So if you look at the Austro-Hungarian Empire, they actually, what they annexed Bosnia, but they allowed, um, they, 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 you, you look, at, um, look at pictures of Sarajevo during the Austro-Hungarian period, and you see Muslim women with niqab, you see the, the Austro-Hungarian Empire actually built one of the greatest um, institutions of learning um, in Bosnia, of Islamic learning, the library there, um, which the Serbs destroyed. Or, and, you know, so um, they were not interested in like uh, annihilating Islam uh, or, or, or squeezing it out of existence or whatever. They had a pluralistic, uh, I mean, of course it wasn't perfect, but, you know, so that's the difference between the uh, pre-nation state order and the post-nation state order. So Muslims in the, in the nation states of, of Europe, um, Allahi, they may, may want to do a hijra, you know, you may want to go somewhere else, you know. I really don't see much. How are you going to live where you can't wear hijab in school? You can't have your own religious school. You can't uh, slaughter anymore. You can't have religious slaughter. You can't circumcise anymore. 
you know, I mean, um, uh, it just, uh, I just don't see how that is livable. I mean, what is, go, uh, well, I, I think, I think it should go somewhere else, you know. Rod Dreyer argues we live in a post-Christian world. Do you, Ismail, believe we live in a post-Islamic world? Uh, it's, it's very different, you know, in, in the Muslim Muslim world, you know, um, I think that um, I think that me, I think that many, many, many of the challenges that we're dealing with in the West are also, um, you know, the the being uh, uh, pre- presented to the Muslim world, it, particularly not only but particularly because of like social of uh, social of, of like technology. I mean, the technology is allowing. Um, you know this uh this this uh culture to um to be globalized um i think that in um in uh but but it goes even before that i mean of, of course the um that um this uh liberalism affected um uh, turkey and egypt um long before uh you know syria uh lebanon it affected these places um so um the the liberal um yeah, of course uh pakistan and india so the, the uh this this um this notion uh malaysia this this notion of um of uh the self as being the measure of all things you know the criterion by which good and, and evil are measured is um uh, and and furthermore also this crisis of uh faith you know the crisis of um and the in and, and the increasing incoherence between the worldview that is superseding um, or at least trying to supersede uh, traditional uh, 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 God-centered order, that is, that is encroaching on, on the Muslim world. And I think that we need to be, our uh, ulama need to be uh, prepared for this and need to be able to deal with it. And the way to deal with it is not just like, you know, locking people up or, like, like they might do in, um, in, in, in some places like in, you know, Pakistan or something, some professor or liberal professor says something or something. Th- those are, those are not the ways, um, that to address this. What, uh, what has to, what we have to address is we have to, we have to do to address it is we have to, um, <clears throat> actually, to be honest, I don't, I don't know how you do that other than, I mean, because everyone's got a cell phone. Everyone's got, um, this, 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 um, ideology is, 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 is infiltrating and is infecting um, the whole world, uh, and so even though the disease is much less, much, much, much less advanced um, in the Muslim world, it's um, it's not it's you know so you have in the Muslim world you had like the collapse of the uh, waqf system and the collapse of the ulama and their co-option by 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 states. You had um, you know you had these various secularizing. Um, uh, developments there um you have you know so so for sure there's there's challenges you know thank you for your time today rabbi ismail jazakallah khair assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.